Welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Get ready to hear stories of someone brave enough to bear it all. Let's get naked. Welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Today I am with Sophia Wise One again for a coaching session. So I adore you and it's so great I get to meet people this way. And now, because as we record, we're in the middle of COVID-19. Yeah. And, um, you know, the online community is much more connected, but I've had this ability before that, and you were one of the loves. So we decided to do a coaching episode. So your website, SophiaWiseOne.com. So we've talked about your struggle. We've talked about that, but go into your website and what you do more or in any way that you want, and then you can take over. Great. Uh, so my website is kind of everything always. My prayer is like, let it be a resource. Um, <laughs> let it be a resource, please. It's just, I mean, it's fun for me because I have to like off put <laughs> like the creative urge, you know? Um, but I have a blog that's been there for almost 10 years now and it's full of practices and insights and love letters and all that stuff. And I have a podcast called Medicine Caller. You can find that on the website. And then I often offer ceremonies, healing, guided meditations, events, things like that online. And so you can access and find kind of join in and all that space. And then the other thing that I have is I wrote a book, make a deck of cards, have a game. So you can order the game or get your online membership to the Academy online. And I also am an artist and make music and kind of all these other poetry, yada, yada, yada. So there's these like these little kind of tendrils of love and affection that you can find all that through my website. You know what's so interesting is that in our first episode, you talked about becoming a spider. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. yes. And that's kind of your website. It's <laughs> right? It's got all these little... Totally. It's like a web. It's a web. And it's yeah. awesome. I've been on it. And your book and your game at the time that we recorded, I said, so I want to buy like, well, not, I want to buy the hard copies uh -huh. yeah, of yeah, both yeah. of those. A lot of times I'll just do the ebook with podcast guests, but that one, like those are hard copies. And so they're not available, but they will be available. But the online version is available. Yes. Yeah. As soon as those printers open back up and all yep. the things kind of line up, they, I'm excited to kind of bring them into the world again in yeah. that regard. And um, what did I want? I don't know what it was. I was going to say something else. But. I can't believe you've had a blog for 10 years. I've had one for eight and a half and that is so freaking impressive. It's so <gasps> wild. I, I, I don't think it's up anymore, but my first YouTube video is like me. It's like, I think I took it. It's like, I'm like, hi, I'm Sophia Huffer Perkins and I have intuitive transformations and we're going to talk about massage today. It's like so cute from like, so, so back in the day. And there's like, I put a plant in the corner and like, you know, I tried to like make a little like Zen little setup. It's so sweet. It's so sweet. I'm glad that yeah. you think it's sweet and you're not like, ah, oh, delete that. That's humiliating. I may have taken it down, but it's, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I left it up. I think, I hope I did. I go back. Maybe I'll put it back up just to like, <laughs> You know, it's just because it's also, it's like you have to start somewhere yep. always, you know. Actually, and, I think that's a great point. Yeah. And to have affection, you know, I was just talking with someone the other day about, they were talking about their their child, their adult child and saying like, I just, I don't want them to look back 20 years from now and say, I wish I was doing something different. And I said, no, don't you want them to look back and say, no matter what they were doing, they have like a loving, compassionate respect for them doing the best that they were doing, actually, like 
like giving yeah. up that notion of like productivity like isn't that the pathway to peace like no matter what they were doing that they can see themselves lovingly like that's that was my invitation that was like my I own. love that invitation because as a mom I remember being 17 in my first year of college and what I wanted to do and what I was passionate and excited about. And it hasn't actually changed the foundation of that hasn't changed in 30 years, but the direction did. And I think when kids are younger, they don't realize that it's the point A to point B is not a straight line. No. Let me collapse over this computer right now. It's like, no. it's like no. this and it's like wall of China and it's, yeah. you know, you need a Sherpa or seven and <laughs> yeah. so everything and then you lose it all on the way. It's like, it's, it's a whole thing. you didn't need most of it anyway, but that one thing you did, you miss and yeah. But then it showed up outside. It was <laughs> fine. It was fine. Oh, I remember the other thing I was going to say, the other leg yes. of my website is I yes. love to speak live events and virtually oh. so you can book. Speaking, Me speaking. too. We I should be on see. together. We should. Good idea. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Okay. That's Good exciting. Deal. All right. You ready? Yes. I, gears I here? did my yeah, verbal so. vomit towards you in your promise, uh, your process to coach. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, I feel like most of my life, it's a dark room and a dartboard. Mm. And I'm just hoping to God things stick. Mm. Like, is it going in the right direction? Am I doing Aww. it? Yes, that's marketing for me. But uh, <laughs> people are like marketing and I'm like dark room, dark, dark board, dark room. But I think a lot of times, you know, you and I are people that try to put out the right information in a way that is um, people are open to understanding it. So I did. I did that with you. I just let it out. You just let it out. Yeah. So... And kind of first things first is I'm just like, like we talked about, I'm just going to do like, I'm glad you're here. Thank those you. of you watching and listening, and I'm going to invite, I'm going to kind of do this first and then I'm going to shift towards you, Jen, because I'm going to invite you listening in to kind of take two perspectives. And one is to let the like reflection of the pieces of Jen's story or Jen's healing be yours. And so like, taking it and like letting this be your healing with Jen through Jen, the way that that is your story, like letting that heal. And the other thing I want to invite you to do is to kind of go soft focus because there's often something in the subtle healing process that isn't, it's not just the bright aha, it's the reverberation after, it's, it's the kind of the integration of it. So I'm just going to invite you to just kind of just be yourself and be in it and just, and I actually, I'm going to I'm going to invite you to start with gratitude for Jen's willingness to be our healer today because we can only ever heal ourselves. And yet inherently when we heal ourselves, we're, we're healing everything. That's, that's my perspective. So I'm just going to kind of jump in here and, and work from that collective healing, personal healing space and, and, and do what I do which is I'm going to call, calling on my ancestors and my spirit guides, mm. calling to the land where you are, the land where I am. And I'm just asking that that which is ready and ripe and willing to alchemize, to heal, to transform the potentiality that Jen is in right now, that we're guided in our time together. 
that that can come through, that that healing can come through and take place. And so I ask for guidance, use my body, use my presence, use my mind, my stories, my voice, my skills, anything in service. Hmm. And I ask and invite just as the the word that's coming to mind is a warm, soft, and gentle, loving presence to just be with Jen right now, just in 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 the room, in the space. Yeah, just almost as though if we were standing in the room together, maybe um, holding hands or placing my hands on her back, whatever way feels supportive. Just a moment to connect and say you don't have to be any different you don't have to have huge you don't have to have anything happen this is really just a time to love you as you are and to allow the healing that is your nature and that's taking place and is present to just have some space to be supported as opposed to going digging just inviting some supported space to expand let the things that no longer serve fall away and let the gems inside be revealed. Hmm. Hey, darling. Hello, love. So I wanted to start with, thank you so much for your just like, I loved it. <laughs> your response back. It was just like, like all these things. And I'm like, yeah, great. That looks great. That looks like a really rich life in which you've experienced a lot of pain and beauty. Mm. And um, that's, that's a rich landscape. There's a lot of initiation in the story that you tell. Um, a lot of being, I think of initiation as being something that takes us past where we are initiated into something new, right? Mm -hmm. So anytime you go through something that takes you into another experience of yourself or experience of reality or a redefinition of what's happening, that's an initiation. And your whole story is it's like where do we where do we count them you know it's Mm -hmm. like it's like you have 18 kids but you had you lost a number of kids yeah I do you know and so you don't just have the 18 initiations of the children that you have now you have the 22 Uh uh-huh you have 20 just in just that one kind of plot line storyline wow I never even thought of that actually interesting yeah and and every surgery Mm mm-hmm and every abuse mm-hmm. every time that like there's this way in which one of um one of my teachers and therapists used to t- tell me she used to talk about how the difference between dissociation and trance work like leaving your body okay mm-hmm. right so like leaving your body so yeah leaving your body uh is choice that's the difference oh. between a trance wow state. what that's a great that's wonderful I think dissociations used really frequently. So people are very aware of that, you know, when you're in a tough situation and you dissociate, which I am like super good at, I I could probably teach pro lessons on dissociation. And I, I did hit a point where I realized that it, I could do it in a way that was not necessarily healthy Uh and that it was happening at times. I didn't really, I should be more present, Uh but using the trance as a choice means that those times that I do choose to do it, it doesn't have the negative connotation of dissociation and survival. So I thank you. I love that. Yeah. 
And the next piece, which is funny because you kind of like, this is, and this is like all along, then you're like, I'm not intuitive. And I'm like, ha ha. <laughs> I knew, I was hoping that would come up. I am intuitive. I don't understand in what way and, I know. and the ability to tap in. Right, right, right. So you don't, I, and, and to be clear, I didn't ask if you were intuitive. I asked if you identified as an intuitive or a visionary. And you said, right. no, I do not identify in that way. And I said, great. Thank you so much. Perfect. <laughs> and, and yes, of course, you look like mom of 18 hashtag also known as intuitive. So, uh, of course. So, um, so we'll talk about that kind of, I'm sure that will come up Yes. in these rounds as, because for me in so many ways, that notion of intuitive is something that's been mystified. And if that's actually part of the colonization of like stripping us of our inherent things is this notion of just being like, oh, some people are special and have intuition. It's like, no, literally every, like every body, like every body on the planet has intuition. And, and like anything, there's like spectrums of that. And maybe not everybody, maybe like four like people and like two dogs don't, you know what I mean? Like, it's fine. And they're good. Like they don't have to have that, but like, basically, you know, for the most part we have that. And the idea that it's special or separate is, I think something that, that is, is uh, a fallacy is not true. And so, um, but it is like anything else, like, um, when we practice it or when we work with it, we get a different understanding. Okay. So dissociation and trance, what I've kind of really have understood in my own process, because I did a lot of dissociating, I spent a lot of time outside mm. my body and uh, sometimes on purpose, a lot of the time not. And um, is that we're talking about initiations. One of the gifts of being split, like kind of that soul splitting space where you leave your body, is it you leave the body and then the process of learning how to come back into your body is essentially building a bridge. So anytime you've brought yourself back into your body, you've been creating a pathway that then allows you to walk out of your body mm -hmm. and walk back into your body. And that is the thing that's been mystified is, is that trance piece of being able to like go and come back. That's the power play. Like that's the place where you get to like be your human self and be your soul self and have that be a, a peaceful relationship as opposed to a, like a conflicting place. And right. so I think, so I hear in your story, like, just like rip, rip, it's like, it's, it's brutal. I mean, right. it's, it's like just these, just these soul ripping instances of you being taken, like, just God bless you, like just being taken out of your body and then being, you know, and then finding your way back. And a lot of the time we like normalize in that space. And so, you know, appreciating the work that you've done and the healing work that you've done of just being like already, you already have that awareness of like, sometimes it wasn't useful. I had to learn how to do it. Sometimes it is, it's not a negative thing. It's just like, I go and I come and I just kind of like trance out. Um, so I have a couple questions for you. And one is, um, what, where are the... Wait, let me see. What is the, do you have something you want to say? I'm waiting to see if you're going the direction that I think you're going. <laughs> I can like, I'm like, things <laughs> pop into my head and I'm like, I'll see if that's where she goes. That might not be where she goes. We'll just totally. see. We'll just see. Um, I'll see now. I'm, it's like, now I've like gone into this like multiple pathway space. So let me see. Um, where are you? 
I want to talk about the, I want to talk about a couple different things. One of the things I want to talk about is the, the numbing mm. of your clitoris. Is that oh. what I'm going to, I'm going to be, that's not where I thought I was going to go at all. I went like, no, it wasn't me either, but I was like, like, oh, delightful. <laughs> so I'm curious what you, now I'm going to have a moment, a testing intuition. Where did you think I was going to go? We'll come back to numbing your clitoris. Where I thought it was going to be sexual. I thought it was going to be dysfunction. I thought, because you said you've dissociated a lot and it's, you've ripped out. So I thought we were going to go in that direction where when something's really traumatic and you dissociate and you come back in, you don't always make peace with what happened. And so I thought we were kind of going to go there Mm -hmm. because a huge part of my story, and I love sharing this with women, is that I really love sex. Like I'd have sex every single day, at least once for the last, since I was 17 to almost 50. So that's sometimes odd for some women. And I always feel like, well, if you don't enjoy your sexuality and your sensuality, then that's sad to me. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sad that you don't feel that because it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. But I had to learn to love it despite the trauma. Right. And I've had people, and the reason that that was clear to me is that people have asked, well, don't you think about losing your virginity to to rape or to being molested during those moments. And so I really had to become clear on what my process was. Um, I think about my brain like a filing cabinet and I have to file those things where they belong. They're not going to go away, but they are in their place where they belong. And when I, so, um, I thought we were going to make that connection to from negative to positive sexuality but I love my clit. <laughs> so <laughs> I think we're doing the same thing. I think you're okay. Okay. Is, okay. I think that is what's happening because yeah. you talked, so you, you shared with me that you, um, you know, had a pretty like vital, you know, app kind of post the, tra- post the, the trauma and the rape and molestation, the reclaiming of your mm-hmm. sexuality, orgasming. It was, was awesome. It was great. It was great. It happened. It was great. Right. Then you had a partner who was uh, verbally abusive. Yeah. And uh, and you used a vibration. Yes. Vibrator, like a bullet on your clit. Right. This whole chapter of time. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually was curious about the timeline between that relationship and the eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It ended like, eight let me think. It ended seven years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because you got asthma. That's what happened too. Yes. That, that was also, that was that about was- six years ago. So they were, it's all, I know there's a lot tied into that time frame. So it was a seven year relationship. It ended, uh, would that be seven years ago it was 2013. And I was diagnosed with asthma in 2014 so a year, it ended in a year later, I was introduced to Dane, who I've been with for the last six years. So that's how I remember time frames. And it was after we met that I was diagnosed and it was really crushing with asthma, but it had been going on for a solid year. I mean, like that, yeah. that deterioration and the overtraining and that, it was all at the same time. Actually, most of the training that I did was when I was in that past relationship. Yeah. So that's what I thought. That's like, okay. Okay. From the timeline that you shared with me, but I was pretty sure that the bullet use, the, like the 
sex practices, the abusive relationship, and the asthma. Yes, they're very of all of that. Yes, Um, which makes a lot of sense. We're talking about traditional Chinese medicine, and the lungs are uh, though the gateway, they're the protector. They're Mm -hmm. where we let in and how we let out. Um, They're like a major place that we release, and they're associated with a number of things, but one of them is grief. And so, and um, and asthma is that ability to um, we lose our ability to oxygenate we like they like constrict Mm -hmm. and so you know I'm just gonna kind of kind of like go in here a little bit on your this is this is me going towards your no I like Um, I like that (laughs) going towards your your lungs and actually not just your clit but specifically the 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 front portion of your pelvic bowl because if we think about the pelvic bowl so we think about the pelvis and the back is the sacrum and you have the left side and the right side. Who knows what left and right? I'm yours. Right, right. And then the anterior, the formable. Yeah. Each of these areas, like in in a landscape, are um, are associated with um, principles, concepts, things like things like that. Tammy Lynn Kent is the one who uh, I went and studied pelvic floor work, and she's really big on the quadrants and okay. and what they mean and what they hold. Now, I went and studied with her. She talks a lot about that front quadrant being, um, being um, kind of how we like stand in ourselves and our and our and our coming forward and a bunch of kind of other things that didn't quite stick with me because for me, I really understood the front of my pelvic bowl when I was doing some tantra work and was doing some release around my G spot and my clitoral work in a in a body workspace and I felt. And I had this major opening and realized that I had not embodied the front part of my, and like literally the front part of my energy field that I essentially had been functioning like a, like a half circle. But the front of our, the front of our body is about where we put ourselves into the world. Okay. Okay. The back of our body is where we receive support. Hmm. Okay. So it's like literally lean back. Like, can you lean mm-hmm. back? Can you like yeah. This, right. Yeah. And then the yeah. front of our body is like, are we here for it? Like oh, I'm here for okay. it. This is me. Like, this is like what this is. And so what I kind of got from kind of your tale and what I was kind of seeing that and what I'm wondering if is, is available or opening for us kind of like to like shift just as we sit here today is this numbness is often sitting on top of pain, like mm-hmm. in a body work thing right so it's like if I'm working on a space like underneath that numbness is pain and then I think you know you didn't use the word numb on your for your clit or your that's perfect though that's it's it that's the perfect word okay great so okay great so so that's what I that's what I heard from that and I heard uh, what I heard in that was the timeline of going numb in that space was in this time and I I actually am pretty I am like pretty relatively confident that it wasn't the vibrator um, oh that okay (laughs) that numbed your because that's my whole direction right you're like it's just the vibrator and I'm like "Mm, I want to talk I want to kind of get into that story piece a little bit okay because um I think it exacerbated what was happening um, because this is, this is, this is one of those things I'm really telling you what I'm thinking right now. Um, it was like, 
very different than that's all right. I am who I am. Okay, so um, it's pretty for people, sex educators, and like people that the idea that we can like numb ourselves with too much stimulus doesn't really like hold up very much in terms of um, physiologically the way that we're built. That like more stimulus doesn't actually make us not feel things. We have mm -hmm. to combine that stimulus with a retraction to feeling. And then when we walk away, then we have this numbness. We've practiced numbing ourselves while feeling sensation. And so a lot of people, vibration, like, it, does that mean? <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. And so there's this process of um, having a practice that's having a vibration-based practice where the, in the intensity is so intense, but at the same time, so the intensity is asking you to open, right? The vibration is saying like, open, open, open. And you're inside this relationship where everything else in your being is like, get the fuck out. Mm -hmm. And so instead of it being like a subtle stimulus that you're like, okay, I'm going to be here and not be here. It's this like, open the door, open the door. And you're like, not going to open the door. Not going to open the door. Mm -hmm. Not going to open the door. And so the process of, of rewiring that right. is actually the, the complete opposite of, of like just going and like literally like vibrating the door and being like, okay, I can like kind of hear it on the other side. Right. It's like, this like you're like because it's like i think it's that soul energy is sitting back here right mm -hmm. and it's waiting for the safety right and it it's gotten habituated in that space it's gotten like this habit pattern yes. and when this vibrates it locks down yes it does and it makes me so fresh i'm so frustrated about it. i mean for the person that wants sex all the time i'm in this beautiful relationship that i adore with a man who's like, no big deal. We'll take yeah. our time. What do you yeah. need me to do? Let's, yeah. and now, but you're right. I, because what the vibrator did, and I use a bullet now, the one that I used back in that, in that relationship, I had never used a vibrator prior. And I was like, Hey, this would be fun. Can we do it? Like, I just right. want to, and sure, he was like, sure. not only can we do it, I'm going to buy one that plugs in. So you never have to worry about the batteries and it will be faster and easier for you, which means faster and easier for me. Like I don't have to do any work. And so I always related it to, oh, yeah, I can have an orgasm as long as there's a jackhammer involved. Uh -huh. Cause that's in my mind. And I called that vibrator Goliath <laughs> just because it was like, I mean, uh -huh. literally in my mind, it's like, blah, 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 it's a jackhammer. And right. so it forced the door to open. I, I feel like now I have to oh. force the orgasm. The orgasm feels great, but it's right. forced. And I feel completely disconnected to my clit. Like I can't mm -hmm. find it, if that yeah. makes sense. So I'm yeah. very in tune with my body, having babies and stuff like that. You know, one of my deliveries, the midwife looked at me because I had my deliveries at home and she said, okay, things are over. So you need to tell your body to stop bleeding. And I said, okay. And I closed my eyes and I went inside. So I love connecting with my body. Mm -hmm. The scar tissue from those, those last, the last three surgeries, but really it was the last two because there was a separation in time between one and two and three. Those last two and three yeah. felt like it disrupted the flow of my energy and feeling my body yeah. and that I always call nerve damage, which mm -hmm. but had nothing to do with my clit. And 
from the surgery to that relationship, I could have sex and it was different. It was like being in a right. different body that uh -huh. I, but I was still, and I wasn't, I was somewhat disconnected from men, but this was just like <laughs> sever, sever the connection. Mm. So you felt like there was a, cause post-surgery learning how to learning your body after mm -hmm. surgery, right? Like learning your new body is like really a very real, um, that's a very real process that takes time for a lot of people. Um, and, and not just time, but attention, right. To actually do. Yes. It, you know? And, and this was traumatic. I mean, I had the hysterectomy vaginally and they thought it went great. And then two and a half hours later, I looked at the nurse and I said, something's not right. And yeah. she walked, I remember her walking towards me and I passed out. So I had had both of the arteries that support the uterus yeah. were bleeding. So they cut me hip to hip. They took out my intestine. They took out everything. They had that machine that sucks the blood out of your abdomen and processes it. So I had five blood transfusions. Three of them were my own blood. When that, I, and I don't understand that machine. So if there's someone that understands how that works, but I talked to a doctor at one point and they said, they use that machine and you're still here talking about it. And I said, yeah. And so I know, I know the doctor told me you were dead on the table. You shouldn't have survived. It took us over two and a half hours to stop the bleeding. One artery was sputtering and one was just like a hose. It was just, mm. so I was bleeding out essentially. Um, and they put everything back <laughs> and sewed me up. And I was very grateful because they saved my life. Yes. But because I got cut so wide open and everything removed and put back, I know there's a lot of scar tissue. I have a lot of, I, like, I don't have the um, urge to go to the bathroom. Right. So I know I'll feel crampy. Like you feel like you have gas and it's my bladder. I have to pee because it's too full. So I've had in the last mm. 15 years, um, I've had to just understand my triggers to go to the bathroom my bowels, I have to make sure I have to keep track of when I go because maybe once every, once every couple months, I have to take a laxative because like there's things aren't happening. Mm -hmm. So that's been my 15 year reality. And the new body isn't worse. It's different, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I feel like I've never, I've, I've gotten maybe 80% of those connections back and I've yeah. figured out the system. Yeah. But I think the trauma emotionally of losing twins at 19 weeks and having those surgeries and not, I don't know what I'm not letting go in that situation, but I feel like I haven't completely dealt with something in that trauma. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the losing the twins because at that period in time, I didn't want to be pregnant. And when the doctor was like, we're going to try to save at least one baby, but both. And I, and I was like, I, I remember being so physically exhausted. I, I was like, do you have to do that? Why are we doing, I was delivering twins at 19 weeks on my toilet, miscarrying them. And I was like, please, like, I can't do this. I just felt now for women who have lost a baby and I'm sad about the loss, the miscarriage, but I was also grateful at the loss because I was just tapped out yeah. physically. So I don't know that that's the piece that I haven't dealt with, or it's actually the surgery and the feeling of being stuck in a new body. I, I don't yeah. know. Right. Do you have a couple of different kind of like thoughts or feelings about this? One thing I just want to say is that the whole, which is like obvious, but I just want to say it, which is like 
a hysterectomy and like the womb being pulled Mm -hmm. out and bleeding out, like all of those tissues are attached Mm -hmm. to to like the clit is not separate from the womb. Right. No, it, for me, it wasn't my orgasms for were sometimes extremely painful, but they also released pain. Uh So I went through infertility. I had a very dysfunctional uterus. It did not work the way it was supposed to. I have never felt better than, than after the hysterectomy. So overwhelmingly, although I have that disconnect, Mm. I was like, God, I would have done this at 15 if I had known what a relief it would be because physically, you know, my cycles and just the whole dysfunction of that. So I would orgasm sometimes to like reset my uterus, to have those contractions to kind of like, right. To do that thing. So they would hurt, but they would interrupt the pain. Right. Okay. So that's an interesting piece too. I have a question. Do you remember having abdominal pain as a child? No. And do you, do you remember having it as a teenager? Not until my cycles. Oh, and that's not true. No, it's not. Is it? As a freshman in high school, the doctor, I was, I was diagnosed with two things that were incorrect. I feel one was rheumatoid arthritis and one was ulcers. That was the last time my mother left um, the man she'd been with for five years. She left him. She was with him for five years. She left him five times in five years. And that was the last time. But it was also the time that I knew if she went back, I wouldn't. I was going to stay with my great-grandmother. Yeah. And um, I f- felt like I couldn't eat. I, was, I felt sick all the time, just nauseous and sick all the time. Yeah. yeah. And I wouldn't have remembered that. So I think I need to bring in the blessing right now that says like this broken dysfunctional womb mm-hmm. of yours, like was abused. Oh and, yeah. And like that, that which you knew, but there's something about this, like recognizing that like it's inability and distrust to do its job because of its disruption in your, in your little body. Mm-hmm. And so oh, there's, yeah. Yeah. And, and there's this piece too. There's this, hmm. It came up with the story of, I know you love being a mom. I love, I know you love children. I love, you love having children. You love all yeah. the children, all the ways to have it. That's not confusing at all. Do you feel ashamed of the relief of losing your twins? Yes. Absolutely. And do you feel like you're not allowed to just be grateful that you lost them? Yeah. Because how horrible, like I didn't want these kids. It's kind of like a woman who makes the decision to have an abortion. It isn't about not wanting that child. I have two kids that were planned abortions. I, I love these two kids that were planned abortions. They weren't these kids that I love now, back at the time that that woman was making a really, really tough choice. And it's the same thing with the miscarriage. Like I'm supposed to feel a certain way and I didn't. And it was physically and emotionally traumatic. There was that piece of it, but there was the other piece that I was relieved and didn't want, you know, and there were, there were things going on in my marriage that I didn't realize were going on at that point in that marriage. And So I think intuitively, I was picking up on a lot of those issues because I didn't want to bring kids in. And at the time that made no sense. Like, how could I possibly feel like that? I went through infertility. I wasn't supposed to have kids. I'm pregnant with twins. I'm 19 weeks. I'm almost halfway through, you know, I mean, this is almost a viable delivery. 
Um, yeah. So there's tons of shame because it's not something that I feel comfortable saying out loud when people are like, I miscarried at eight weeks and we had a funeral and I'm like, okay. I mean, that, that's that person. That's what that woman's process, which I totally honor, but like I lost twins at 19 weeks and was relieved. That's a polar opposite feeling, you know? So yeah, there's tons of shame in that. I don't know how to rectify mm -hmm. the shame piece and the, and the trauma of losing twins at 19 weeks. And then wrapped in there mm -hmm. is the trauma from that surgery. Right. And I always felt like, even though, because what I would have said to you was, they didn't touch my clit in the process. And as a matter of fact, my G-spot is much more awake since that. But it felt like in that surgery, that was the beginning of that severing, that mm -hmm. disconnect from my clit. Right. I almost feel like, like, yeah, you got all these good things. Like that maybe, I'm going to say something that I've, that I've never thought before. Like that's the punishment for my shame of losing those twins. There's something connected in there all like this. I'm making my, <laughs> and I don't know how to separate it and figure it out. But yeah, I, I mean, I've been forward about the fact that I feel ashamed that I wanted right. to lose them. But there's a way that like holding on to that shame, right? Mm -hmm. Of just being yes. like, I'm ashamed. It's like, you don't have to punish me because I'm punishing myself. Right, 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 right. And it's like, when do you just get to be like, thank God I lost <sighs> those twins? Oh, I can't even tell you how much I feel that way. And not have to apologize after. Right. That. Well, that's the piece. And, and any woman who talks about miscarriage and how traumatic it is or infertility and how traumatic it is, I just feel like shit that I'm like, yeah, there's a flip side to that story, sister. Always. You know, I went through infertility and I was blessed to have, like, I've, I, I feel you. I've had miscarriages and I was sad. I like, but. Right. I mean, that's the interesting thing about this to me, not the interesting thing, but that's, 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 there's a catch in this because it's not like you don't have a different story that you could tell where you could like express the, 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 the grief or the loss or the confusion or the devastation of losing a pregnancy right like you've had actually had this like dynamic it's like you are a wild research into <laughs> the various experiences of like how one can have children not have children lose children gain children right like, right that you have this gamut of experience but that some of them you're allowed to have certain feelings about and some of them you're not and to me that is again that's part of that frontal kind of energy space yeah like who, on on what terms and for who and the thing is I see you. It's, it's like what I hear as you talk about it is this like, it's this, it is this, I'm like circling my hands, like close to my chest. There's it's, it's literally, it's like keeping your cards close. There's still uh -huh. a way where it's like, it's like, I, I can tell this story and I can put it on the world, but I'm going to do it in a way that like, isn't like people can't get too mad at me and people can't right. get too strong of an opinion and people, well, you can't judge me on this because you don't know about this story. And it's like that, that positioning of how you keep yourself safe. Yep. Is it sounds exhausting. It is. And I know um that it that that's all tied in. I mean the hysterectomy was 16 years ago. So I only had a couple I had two years. So that that emotionally abusive relationship started 14 years ago. 
and it ended seven years ago. So I, I, when I was saying to you, like, I felt like I was in a new body and I was figuring it out, but I hadn't, and that didn't make sense to me. Like how could I, yeah, I did. I mean, I had orgasms, I had sex, but things were very different in that two years. It was only two years. It wasn't like it was a decade after the hysterectomy and living with this body, right? Like I, oh, I figured it all out. I was in the process of figuring it out when I thought it would be fun to be more exploratory with my sexuality and bring a vibrator in as part of the fun. Like I, I'd like to relax a little. And the other thing, the other piece for me that creates frustration is that when I've looked into ways to, you know, like you, you Google search ways to orgasm more easily. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are like, use fingers and a vibrator. Well, shit, that's all I do. Oh like, yeah, no, I have a very <laughs> different approach. <laughs> and so I was always like, maybe I should just stop using it completely and force myself to figure it out on my own. But that also feels like I'm shoving it down my throat yeah, because I can't, it doesn't matter how I have them or not have them. I mean, I went, Dane and I tried and for almost a year and a half, I didn't have an orgasm unless I gave it to myself on my own alone with a bullet vibrator because we were trying so hard and and it was very loving, but it was square peg and round hole for me. Yeah. 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 Well, and the other thing I want to say too, just to like be really clear is that I think, I, I think there's some opening to be had for you and, um, some, some, some sensory and sensual opening, but I want to be very clear that like, there are plenty of people who want to, and are happy to use a vibrator every time yeah. for orgasm. And it's a great way. It's like knowing what like does it for you is fabulous. So like any right. part of my, like honing in on you and looking at your trauma that could have come across as like, as though there's like a right way with or without it. I just want to like be very clear about that, that that's not what I'm hearing in your story is this is an underpinning of, of numbing and looking for reconnection. You Correct. may get that reconnection and then still want to use a vibrator every time. So like, so, okay. So making that okay. So making that okay. I because in my that, mind, right? I feel like I'm no. failing no. sexually Mm-mm. because I have to no. see my right. wordage, my verbiage. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And you know, we hit the point where I was like, look, I haven't had an orgasm in a long time. And so I really want to. Yeah. And so that part is okay. Yeah. Um, there's only one position during sex yeah. that I can have an orgasm with a vibrator. Otherwise it has to be fingers after sex is over right. and I can't have an orgasm orally anymore. And that became really difficult in that seven years. Like that was the easiest way for me to have an orgasm was orally. And now I'm like, <sighs> it is numb. No. I'm like, I know you're down okay. there working really hard, but All right. like, <laughs> All right. right. And so, so two things come up for me. One is when I do kind of coaching around that, that sexuality and that increasing sensation that the practice of increase, increasing sensation is about lessening stimulus and increasing attention and actually moving outside of, um, outside of the vaginal connection, first of all. So using like working on increasing sensation and touch on the inner thighs and then literally the labia and doing actual massage. That's not sexual, just literally massaging and relaxing without any goal of um, uh, sexual turn on or arousal. No phase of the arousal. Now it's okay if you get aroused, like if you get to get engorged or things like that, but that the intention itself is to increase just like, I want you to think about if you, if this is what your, if your shoulders and neck and everything were like so tight Mm -hmm. and then someone was like, 
I'm going to help you relax. And they just put like a vibrator on it. And you'd be like, okay, it does help me a little bit. And that's like where you got to versus like what it would be to like have like every couple of days, just some like smushy oil come down, just really lovingly be like, I know you were scared for 45 years, right? but you don't have to be scared anymore. Like, that's what I feel like I, that it's like the, one of the biggest things I can give you is that you have this relationship with Dane now. Mm-hmm. And that's six years. Yeah. Which means you had like 40. Yeah. Uh, 43 ish. Yeah. years. Yeah. Right. In which you weren't safe. Your pleasure. Right. Right. Your opening. Your like, like not that you weren't safe period at the end, but that you had reasons to doubt your safety legitimately every year. And so four years, six years is a very small window. And to say that this person can show up and it's going to change without taking the time to, you know what I mean? I don't want to, I know you, you work with yourself, so I don't mean like without taking the time, but to, to be very direct and very transparent with that. I want to do some, I want to kind of do some pelvic, I want to see if a pelvic bowl meditation kind of helps okay. clarify something for you. You feel open for that? You want to Absolutely. do that? No, not at all. Okay. So it's, so this was like, we like set a bunch of things. We start around, I'm going to guide you towards kind of dropping in and looking around your pelvic bowl. I want you as much as you can. In some ways I'm like, ah, I wish I could maybe did this at the beginning, but it's fine. Um, just like let everything that we kind of talked about, like wash through, so just go ahead and take you. I'll just going to start now. So just go ahead and you can look at me and keep your eyes closed or open or whatever you want to do, but just let yourself soften. Let all the conversation that we've just had kind of wash over your being. And just let anything that felt validating or um, like acknowledging of your journey, let that coast by. Anything that felt like it didn't, wasn't really what it's about right now, let that drift off. Just let it fall to the floor, dissipate off. Good. And now I want you to take a couple breaths and just kind of fill your inner space with kind of that warm, gentle, supportive energy. Just permission for you to just be just as you are. And relax your jaw and soften the roof of your mouth. And imagine there's like a little more space in your joints so the fluids of your body can really move. Good. And take three deep breaths and just let, just let it go. And specifically as you take these breaths, let go of everything that's not yours that you may be carrying around. Mm-hmm. I'm going to invite the teaching here that shame isn't processed. We don't process shame. Shame is actually just what we do to protect ourselves and just cover ourselves. Yeah, just breathe. You're doing great. And so to heal shame is actually just to expose yourself. You just lift the blanket of shame. And then whatever's underneath that shame can get the healing that it needs. 
And so I just want you to, you know, call on your inner wisdom, wherever you root your faith. Allow a sweet and tender, loving presence, your guides, your ancestors, great spirit, whatever that is for you. Invite them to be with you. They are safe. They love you. They see every action in your life as whole. And so even more than me or anyone else, I want you to choose to let this loving presence see you on the inside. Let them lift this blanket of shame and let whatever is underneath any of those layers for you to be seen and loved right now by that energy and that presence. You can take a couple breaths into your belly. Good. Just know that you're allowed to hold yourself if you want to. You don't need to. You can let your arms stay down or you can put a hand on your own heart or a hand over your over that womb space at your root. You're allowed to hold yourself right now. And I thank you for letting me be part of holding you right now. I invite you to thank you. You felt that. Let me be part of that holding of you right now. We're really just calling in this energy of just acceptance. Uh -huh. Good. And take three breaths and let yourself just drop even deeper. Now I want you to go down into your root, into the bowl of your hips. And I want you to just look around, feel around. So you might see something, you might hear something, you might think of things, but I want you to just kind of take a look around and just clear that root, just clear it. So sweeping it or hosing it down or filling it with light. Just a wave of just releasing, releasing what's there, what's ready. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna offer you the blessing of acceptance. So just whatever that looks like, however that comes to you, I invite you to take that in and let that rest in your, in your bowl, in your root. I'm going to invite you a couple different times to ask a question or to make an invitation. And when I do that, I want you to think of it like dropping a penny in a well. You're just going to let the question or the invitation drop into this bowl. And then the ripples, you're just going to let the ripples move through. And so those might be sensations. It might be quiet. It might be a visual. It might be information. It doesn't matter. But that's just what you're going to let it be. And so the first thing I'm going to invite you to drop into this space is what do you want me to know right now? 
just ask your root, what do you want me to know right now? And just notice if there's like fuzziness or like a static, like a difficulty to connect or feel clearly in a space, that that is also an answer. I'm going to invite you to kind of drop another question into the left side of your bowl. Yeah, we're going to feel, we're going to feel into what's happening over there. And this time I just want you to drop this notion of show me, I'm ready, show me. And that would be good, feeling really good. And just let your breath support you. You don't have to make any of this happen. And just breathe and let it happen, yeah. There we go. Mm -hmm. Take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. Good. Take another one. Let your jaw relax. Yeah. Take another one. I want you to ask, invite, mm, like what do you need? We're looking for a blessing. What is this part of you needing or wanting? Yeah, it can be that simple, can be that clear. I'm going to have you take a breath. I'm going to have you give yourself permission to receive that. And then invite that into your being right now. Let the vibration, let the truth, let that blessing come. Many old stories of blame and fault. 
and shortcoming, let those fall away. And just like debris. Just let them unhook. And just decide it's okay now. Let that continue to happen and move. Kind of just let what's shifting shift. And if you need to stay there, you can stay there. And I want to bring in some of the connection with the back body. Just kind of expand that good. There you go. I'm going to look towards that sacrum, that back of the body. You ready? Keep moving. You can open your uh -huh. eyes. Okay. Good, good. Okay, nice. Okay, and now we're gonna breathe into that sacrum, that back body. We're also gonna breathe into. I'm, I'm seeing that there's some like there's like this like back. This backwash of the the um, the womb into the lower back of like mm. um, scar tissue or or pulling or, or like there's some kind of like pull towards that low back mm -hmm. space, and so just kind of following that and then breathing into that and we're going to ask like what is this what is this place needing what is this place needing and i'm going to offer the back body the blessing of relaxation mm. yeah <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, beautiful. Taking that breath and just like letting it, letting the vibration, that core essential. There it is. Let your heart be brave and let your heart be brave by just breathing. Yeah. It's okay that relaxation is so risky to your system. That too can heal. Letting that vibration, letting the other things that you're aware of begin to fill in and nourish this place in you. You don't 
need to and you're welcome to if you want to say I mean so this will be started like if there's anything you want to say at any point you can make sound or share something and you're also welcome to just kind of like stay in that space but if you want to name a blessing or share what you're seeing or do any of those things that's that's going to help you take you into it then I want to hear it if it's going to take you out of it then I want you to just stay with it okay mm-hmm. okay great so take a few breaths. Good. Really nice. Oh, there she is. Yeah. Yeah. There she is. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You can call the guardians of the temple here. I'm going to call you in even further into some safe sanctuary space. I'm going to call on our sentinels. Your body and your soul are safe right here, right now. No one's going to touch you. You'll see Akram too. No one's going to need from you unless you offer it first. This is just, there you go. This is just you. Just you and love. Just you and God's love. That's it. Nice. There you go. Good. Opening up all the way, reaching down. Good. Brave, brave, brave. Breathing, breathing. Perfect. when you're ready and not before we're going to walk another step over we're going to step to the right of your bowl when you're ready not before mm-hmm. we're going to do this again here we're going to say show me show me i'm ready And then gather your courage, gather your kindness, and become open. There you go, sweetheart, and just see, just, just experience. Mm-hmm. Letting your breath keep you courageous. Just letting whatever's being there. And then letting that landscape continue to unfold, you're going to invite in just that that blessing. Like you know, it's you can ask if you need to ask, but I feel like you know, like what do you need here? And you can just let it like come in like a gentle rain onto that landscape. Exactly what you need. I'm offering you the blessing of acknowledgement.
sacredness. Let that jaw soften, let the breath come in. Perfect, there you go, it's on the inside. So a little bit more courage, a little more courage to soften. And you can lean in, lean into those hands. And I invite you to ask for help. Let the help help. Yeah. Holding yourself and letting, there it is. There you go, thank you, thank you. When you're ready and not before, I want you to let that integrate. Those are the three, the left, the back, and the right. And let you kind of integrate and come towards that center, letting those blessings, relaxation and acknowledgement, forgiveness, presence, strength, goodness. You're doing great. And then you're going to turn yourself inward. You're going to turn to the front of your body. You're going to turn. You're going to turn towards. I want you to kind of start with where your cervix was. And then kind of turn up towards kind of taking a walk up all through all that erectile tissue, through that front of the pelvic floor, up to the pubic bone. There you go. And be so you're so good. That's what I want to tell you. You're so good. You're so good. You're just breathing and letting that awareness come up. The first step is just to see. And I want you to say to yourself here as you look around, you want to say, please let me see. I'll be gentle. Please, I'll be gentle. Stay right there, just staying right there, perfect, and being, I jump ahead of where I thought I was going, but I'm really seeing it, so stay right there, take a breath in, connect to that point, right there, right there, connect to that point, and what we're going to do right now, Jen, is you're going to summon your, your perfect, holy, intact, high-functioning, sacred womb energy that's yours. Okay, we're gonna, you're going to summon that into your body. Okay, you're going to let that connection point that says like that point, you're going to let that line draw you back into that womb. Kind of like the edge of it. Yeah, you got it. And you're going to bring, so just waves of that, okay? We're just going to let that womb energy restore itself in you. There you go, sweetheart. 
energy build at that link, the front and throughout your knee. Call blessings on this on the front and the womb, letting that whole I call it the constellation, your womb constellation. Let that, let those pieces that are revealing themselves right now, they get, they get attention and blessings and focus and waves of exactly what they need. And we're gonna let you fill up with that, and then we're gonna let you fill up some more. So just there you go. Really, your job is to become open and to receive these blessings. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Surrendering. Surrendering to the wisdom of your soul, your energy, the healing that's happening, just letting it happen, letting it take the form. There it is. There you go. Letting that connection come up to your heart. Let it be that whole system. Let it, yeah, let it come all the way up. Let the connection go into those nerves and those arteries and those veins. Huh. Shut, shut. I am solid as the oak. I am free. solid as the oak. She is free as the wind. She is healing as the ocean. She is whole just as she is. A couple breaths, brave, kind breath, letting the fluid move, letting the Yeah. Good, 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 good. 
few more breaths. We're gonna let you feel even a little bit lot more. So you're just coming into that, <laughs> coming into that place. And from here, right? It's like, okay, I've got it. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Now you've got it. So now you're gonna let even from there. So taking some breaths, letting the shoulder, the fluid of the shoulders, the fluid of the neck and the spine, the fluids of this vibrant root that you have, the fluids of your knees and your feet. Letting them be spacious. Yes, letting them be spacious. And letting yourself receive another wave of blessings of this integration and connection. I forgot where it was. I sat on your lap holding you the whole time. <laughs> exactly. There's so much. I'm really, really grateful. I'm so glad. I'm going to sing you another song. Okay. And then I'm just going to be quiet and can say more you can like just kind of but as you're kind of bridging through i'm going to sing you a song you can mm -hmm. just keep sitting in my lap or get up and walk around whatever you want to do okay okay here <clears throat> you are being rocked in the hem of the moon goddess's skirt while she sings while she sings That's how I feel. <laughs> I write time down if I have to edit, you know, like we're at this time, but I'm going to definitely leave that voice right there in. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for your call. You're welcome. There's so much. Great. And I feel super grateful first. I mean, like it's over, overflowing, but 
I, this made me realize this meditation made me realize that I know I have protective measures that don't serve me mm. and I need to thank them and release them, but I don't always recognize who they are or where they are. And this let me, because I made a comment about how I filed things in my brain to give them their place, which is a great way to stay, um, the word's not organized, but um, functioning. I, I totally, fun, like not, beyond functioning. I mean, I m managed eight, 18 kids. I mean, there's a portion of that yeah. that allows me to do things really well. That's how I want to say it. Awesome. There are little pieces of that that need to either come out of the filing cabinet and be gone or put in a different place or recognize. And so what I didn't, I didn't recognize a lot of things. So I couldn't even see the left or the front of my pelvic bowl. The back was very apparent and the right was just there. And what I realized through that process is that the back was taking all of the, like it was literally carrying it on its back. You know, it was taking all of the, um, holding it was holding everything but what i didn't realize is the right side was there and solid the whole time as support supporting interestingly when i had my hysterectomy i was told that my right ovary was dead and what i felt was dormant is a better word and supporting so dormant doesn't mean dead and it doesn't mean not unaware so now that may have been what it looked like, but in my mind, I had this image of decaying flesh, death, right? Mm -hmm. And that, it would have been removed if that had been the case. And so clearly that wasn't the case, even though in my mind's eye, I saw it that way. Um, but so I got a lot of clarity on that right side that it's a really supporting pillar and that it's dormant and supportive. And that is its function and job. And it's a very good thing. So the back could release to that automatically because mm -hmm. it's all it's already there and just not mm -hmm. recognized and in the front and left i said you know i can't see it and you mirrored a lot of my process because i said how can i see you and how is never my word that is a word that should be removed from my vocabulary almost it is the hamster wheel of my mind mm. and so I said, I realized I said, how? And then I just said, show me. Mm -hmm. So that was great. And it's not, the left isn't all the way there. It's, you said like a, it's in fog or it's shimmering. It's static. not quite, yeah, it's a little static on the left. But that's okay. I felt really great about that because now my body knows I see it and then I'm uh -huh. ready to see it more. Just show me. Mm -hmm. The front was blank. Yeah. And when you said to go back in, I, I couldn't connect or see it at all until you said to go and find it. And I was like, oh, it's locked in the closet where I put it. Um, because when that hysterectomy happened, it was, con it was so directly the whole front bowl, not just the clitoris was so right. connected. As a matter of fact, also at the end of the hysterectomy, my follow-up visit, this doctor was so shy, <laughs> bless him. Um, I said, my orgasms are so directly connected to my uterus. I don't know that I'm aware how to have them without my uterus. And he said, he was so embarrassed. And he said, 
it shouldn't have been connected to your uterus. So you'll find the way. There's that whole piece. Like it shouldn't have been painful and connected. I know. Blessings. So I found it in the closet, the front bowl. And then you said, bring back the uterus when it was whole and functioning, right? Which was 100% pregnancy. Mm. I mean, like this whole broken infertility and then I'd get pregnant despite all odds. And then I wouldn't lose the pregnancy despite all odds. And then I felt like the most powerful, badass mother earth Mm-hmm. So the tree like rooted in the ground and my feet were on the ground from the beginning. I was like, I need to make sure I present myself grounded so that I never have to think about being grounded with you in this process. And so the whole image of the tree and I got, I wanted the tree tattooed on my back because the tree is like life. It's what the plus, the veins and the arteries and the placenta show. I did um, imprints of three of my kids' placentas. Mm. we painted so it would come out because I had home birth so the the midwife would clean it and wrap it and when they came back at 24 hours they would pull it out and show you like and so the kids got like this is what it does and this is what gave life and it literally has the tree of life are the veins and so we would paint those veins and then press so I have that for three of my kids and then I took the placenta and I planted it in a pot for those three kids Um, so I felt like I was invincible and my uterus was working and functioning and badass and like, and so that's where I went and it was like, oh, that's the connection. It's not the broken connection. It's not that you shouldn't have the connection to your uterus. It's not, it was like they, everything worked well and together when I was pregnant, the moment I got pregnant and I had really tough pregnancies. But I think that that empowerment of my uterus feeling whole and connected was why a big part of why I wanted to have home births and natural deliveries. Like I had the first half of my pregnancies, it was, I was miserably and violently ill. And then I hit the point where I was like, I've got this. I, my body has gotten through the supporting and the hormone fluctuations and I've got this. And then I felt amazing. And then labor and delivery was my happy place. I loved that space and the women that I invited to it and the, that whole process of my body doing exactly what it was designed to do. Mm. The pain, it was all, it was like, no, this is exactly what it's supposed to be. And I loved delivering my babies. I loved the labor and delivery part of it because I think I felt so connected and I had a real hard time feeling connected or I felt connected and whole and not little like a little disconnected and broken which is a bit two very vast things so <laughs> finding that connection was really great and then I was like oh I can see the front part of my pelvis now and she's she's the badass that's like she's like I'm out of the closet and bitches be tripping now because you know <laughs> Ta-da! but also recognizing that like I I I started to apologize and that wasn't right because I did what I knew to do. My body doesn't need an apology. It just needs to be seen is how I felt. Mm -hmm. And that it's okay in every one of those steps. Mm. So 
that was wonderful. And I didn't realize how much I was taking on on my back until you said that. And I had energy worked on on my shoulder and it was like completely has not hurt at all for about a week. And all of a sudden in there, it started to hurt. And I was like, oh, it's like the last thorn. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I pulled the blade out, the stabbed mm -hmm. in the back, mm -hmm. but there's like a little piece left in there. And that was that seven year relationship feeling stabbed in the back and betrayed. So that it was a very beautiful process. It was hard. <laughs> Those breaths were, and I, and I, in the, when you were saying to take a deep breath at the beginning and I thought, okay, I just have to see the fact that I ha I need to wait for my body. I have to take it out of my mind and wait for my body to be ready. And then the breaths were, would happen and then they would resist and then they would happen. And so, yeah, you worked. It was a lot of work, but I, I'm so glad I mentioned to you that like I stopped the bleeding during that delivery after that delivery. I love doing that part of it. Mm -hmm. And so that is another one of my happy places that I just don't do that. I really should do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, a really great way to do it too, is to do internal work is to put like a finger or two inside you and just mm -hmm. hold, like, just literally hold yourself while you do that, while you do that energetic connection and like visualizing and checking in can really like help, especially it can help the, like on the left side or the, where, yeah. there's, where there's like static, some of that, like, mm -hmm. um, the kind of, uh, hazy. Yes. Hazy is a great word. Hazy. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Very, very common. Um, very, very common is aspects of the, of the bowl being hazy and then revealing kind of like layer by layer, kind of this restoration of that, of that landscape. I know from doing work that there's, there's so much aha, like there's intense aha and it's exciting, not quite like adrenaline, but like you really feel it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it's exhaustion for me. And then it's layers in the next time. So I'm always glad that from the time that we record this to the time that it releases, I have a couple months yeah. because a lot usually it's the first two weeks for me. Like the first week is big and the first two weeks, and then there's, there's a continuation, right? Because yeah. I've already opened the box. So right. Right. Um, I love that because I get to write in show notes, you know, and this is what happened afterwards. So for the woman who did the coaching on my left shoulder, the part of this will go into those show notes right. because our bodies are so connected. Yeah. So and I know I'll be, the, the deep breaths will be happening a lot in the next, like I feel after any work, but this one's going to be, this was a huge shift. So I, I felt it would be, um, that I will feel like I cannot get enough air into my body. It will just, and that's part of that revealing. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how are the lungs now? I'm in, I'm intrigued because I learned I, a Okay, go. go. Just no. go. No, okay, I learned so a lot about the connection of the uterus and that stuff. And I get that there is a connection with, I, I 150% am on board with the connection of breath. And I don't believe that I have asthma. Right. Even though I've had two asthma attacks. Like I didn't no. believe I had rheumatoid arthritis and I didn't believe that I had ulcers in my stomach. Right. I believe I was my, uh, I was carrying something emotional that was presenting physically because I needed to address it. Uh -huh. So... Right. 
I won't push myself when I'm running anymore because I'm afraid of my breath. I'm afraid of my lack of breath. So I, <clears throat> so I have a series, I have a pelvic bowl, like a tour of the quadrants, like little ebook, you know, like this little, oh. little, this little thing that I have. And when I talk about the front quadrant in that, um, For me, I couldn't fully reclaim the front quadrant until I started to really utilize my breath. And sorry, mm -hmm. I'm gonna be climbing and weird. No, be climbing and weird. I'm gonna be climbing and weird. I'm actually just gonna kind of much to my surprise here. I know even my orgasms or lack thereof or, or difficulty within or the disconnect, whatever the verbiage is, I mm -hmm. know that that's connected to my breath. So I, I want to, yes, no, go. You can keep going. I just feel like everything is potential. Like you hear about women who can breathe and have orgasm. And I believe that that's true. And you, I know that I would push myself and run better if I wasn't afraid of my breath. And I know, can you do that? Can you breathe orgasms? I have. Oh my gosh. I'm taking that class. <laughs> I am doing the pelvic floor class. Yes. Um, so, uh, and I bet I'll be doing it again. I'll have it. Okay. So here we go. Yes, go. Little, here's a little teaching here. The anterior or front quadrant, fear and flow. Yes, I am here. Here we go. I take up space and I matter. I impact my life and I fill my own world. This quadrant is about the impact and effect you have on your own life. It is about space you take up for yourself, space just for you. It is the song of pleasure and joy. Mm. A collapsed or tangled front side may show up as anxiety, fear, or a lack of self-expression. You may find that you're awesome at responding to things, problem solving during a crisis, or showing up for someone else when they need something. You can do a good job if someone else tells you you need to do it. What's hard for you is to do what you want. You mm. may have a hard time acting on your own ideas and desires like that dream project you've always wanted to make happen. If you do act on your dream and desire, you may have a hard time seeing it through to completion or to its fullest expression because of overwhelm or shutdown stemming from fear. <clears throat> Since I wrote this, I would also add this part of stemming from fear and shame, like doing mm -hmm. it the way that you want to do it. Um, this is the home of pleasure and enjoyment of your life and yourself, embodiment. The anterior quadrant is about vulnerability, intimacy, your own power, and pleasure. It is the landscape of being seen, visible, recognized, and enjoying it. That a, it's a, that's a very, you know, that's a really big thing for a lot of us because we've been so conditioned that, like, other people are supposed to enjoy it when we do a good job, but, like, finding oh. our, like, literally like just being like i just i'm so, i'm so into me you know, <laughs> like that's like i'm so into me is the anterior quadrant like oh i'm so I'm like she's so fucking i love it when she's so <laughs> <laughs> I, I i have yeah so um th three years ago i did a hip a three-hour hypnosis with a woman i drove to sacramento two hours because i n felt like she was the one and i know that a lot happened in that session that I haven't tapped into. Yeah. That's, that's how I'll leave that. Like the seeds are there. I just, I just haven't tapped into them. And I yeah. remember saying to her 
three or four years ago when I went, it's the sacral chakra, mm -hmm. the red chakra, right? The root. Um, and I said, and that's creativity, I, if I'm remembering it correctly, but I just remember feeling like sex and my business are completely connected. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. And a lot orange, of that is creativity. Sacral is the second chakra. Orange. Okay. The, the root, root and sacral are often, they have a lot of combo hangout time. But yeah, root is red in the seven chakra system. Right. Red and then yeah. orange. Yeah. And so I know that although I've had energy work and those look great energetically, yeah. I'm not, I'm not tapping into them. They may be mm -hmm. open. And I'm like, mm -hmm. cool. See you later. Right. Another time. Right. I'll walk through that door some other time totally. because I, I have my entire business laid out and done, but not presented. Mm -hmm. And even Dane looks at me and he said, I know what you want to do, but you're not sharing with the world what you want to do. Mm. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and I'm like, but I, I'm trying to. And he's like, but you're not. You need to just do it. You're on, he's, and he looks at me and he's like, you're on the edge of a cliff and it would take a breath of wind and you'd be over. Yeah. But you're not either letting or doing or you, that breath of wind is not happening. He's like, you you're, are so close. It's ridiculous. It's your breath of wind. You are it's my like breath literally of wind. saying the thing. Okay. It's a powerful place to work with intimacy issues. And that's good old ancestral wound of witch burning or being hunted because your awesome, valuable knowledge and being like commonplace for that of just being like, you are amazing and powerful. And we have ancestral centuries of hiding that. So that's mm. another piece. Jumping off the edge of the cliff means um, risking it all again. In this yep. When I first discovered the potential of my front pelvic bowl, I was learning and experiencing vulva healing, a practice that comes from Tantra yoga that expresses the interior of the vaginal walls and the potent energy centers therein. The practice is similar to, yet not exactly like holistic pelvic care and thousands of years older. I was astounded at how aware I could be and how much sens sensation and sensitivity I could have in the front and in the front of my body, both physically and energetically. I was amazed at how long I had lived without even knowing I was missing awareness there. I didn't even know there was anything there before noticing it. Mm. If you want to just, if you want to stop just reacting and responding to life and instead want to bring forth your dreams, wishes, wisdom, gifts, and joy into the world, the front of your pelvis is a very good place to explore and inhabit. Now, both the adventures and challenge of the anterior is that often it holds both the pain of our fear as well as the feeling of fear itself. You may find that just bringing your focus to the front of your body can be hazy or anxiety producing experience. When we feel fear, we can get caught in a haze and then switch automatically to an automatic nervous system response of either fight, flight, or freeze. One, feel free. One, feel fear. Two, feel hazy or disoriented. Three, experience fight, flight, or freeze. Either in milliseconds or over the course of days, if not interrupted, it leads us to continuously function from our unconscious coping mechanisms. That's that, like, you're talking about that, like, I know, I just, I'm so close. Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For example, when I'm scared, I often experience freeze. And my unconscious patterns sometimes create mental instead of physical freeze. Instead of literally standing in catatonic panic, I, can, I can't complete a thought or get clear on what I need to get done. Behind this fear, however, is flow. 
awesome, synchronistic, easeful flow, an energy to meet and greet the world, an energy that flows outward from you, an energy that reaches out and engages instead of one that responds and reacts. The breath is especially important when exploring the front of the pelvis. <laughs> so I had all the pieces. All the pieces. You've got them. Uh, breath is the only thing we need to carry us consciously through feeling fear to connecting with flow instead of dissociating and abandoning ship. Here's the key to body wisdom ingredient to working with the front quadrant of the pelvis, your lungs. Intercostals, <laughs> muscles in between the rib cage, and the diaphragms are the essential body partners in this zone. So singing. So you are a singer. Mm-hmm. I sang. Mm-hmm. I had a record contract offer on my 19th birthday, and I said no because I was so afraid of the lifestyle. Yeah. If I had been, if I had been really good and you don't want to do a record contract, if you don't think you're going to bust ass and be awesome and be famous next Britney Spears. Right. So at the, on my 19th birthday, I froze for yeah. freezes mine for sure. Yeah. And I couldn't sign that record contract, but I missed the breath of singing. Uh huh. So that makes sense to you. It yeah. makes sense to me too. Like that well, connection. And, yes. And singing is the, it's just like, it's, it's singing as maybe the oldest medicine tool next right. to touching someone. It's like they're like, they literally go hand in song. Like it's, that is like to touch someone and to sing is like the most like core medicine. And so that's our, and to be clear, like that's not someone like our own song and our own body are our tools for our own healing. Right. Right. To like be in yep. our body and to be with our song. And so you are singing, um, is like definitely a huge piece. Let me see if there's anything else here. And then I go and then I keep going. I talk about breathing, all that stuff. But um, so is this is this reading from your ebook or is it from your so book? That's I your big book. E- it's my big book, but I put the ebook in the book. Oh, oh, oh! I got it. I got it. So, so that is a separate thing, also. Yeah. So you can yeah you can just you can just get the ebook. ebook. Um and um and in in the game for when people run into this kind of pelvic bowl stuff, one of the assignments is like, go read, like get a cup of tea and like read this text on the pelvic, on the tour of the quadrant for the pelvic bowl. So that's why it's in the book. Yay. Um, The book book. Yeah. So I have such a great appreciation for you. It's overwhelming. Oh, Jen. Oh, truly. I'm so grateful. I just, just treasure. You're a treasure. You're a treasure. I think there, so are you. I think there are connections that we have that span time. And for me, you are one of them. That for sure. Yes. That um, inkling of um, deja vu, Mm -hmm. or I know we've met, where have we met before? It's Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And I think when we feel those things, it's our soul's response to knowing more than our physical body does. And that was me. The moment you popped up on the screen in our first interview, I was like, Oh, I know her was the first thing I thought. I have the phrase that I come with my, Oh, Hey, old friend. Oh, Hey, old friend. That was, I was like, Oh, I've been waiting for you. Actually. (laughs) We have a lot of catching up to do, but I don't remember a lot of it. (laughs) It's fine. It's good. It's just, it's it's there. Yes. So I, 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 Oh, good. So I am just, there's not a word, I think a temporal word to describe Mm -hmm. that 
oh, hey, old friend feeling. So I, I but gratitude for sure. Thank you. Mm, you're so welcome. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. And thank you again for being our medicine today and kind of exploring concepts and um, yeah, the journey, the journey of all of this. You know, I will say um, what I tell people to do is you actually, you went over this too, like the timeline. So I tell people for the next three days, treat yourself like we're still in session. Mm, okay. And it's like, think about it like a gong. Like we just hit the gong yeah. and then it will reverberate. Like yes. Oh, that's still, a great way to put it. You know? So it's like, whang. and so for the next three days, what I tell people is like, you're still on the table. So the yeah. same permission you would give yourself to have like the feelings come and go or that like breath or that you know, like go to sleep early, stay up late and watch old movies, like mm -hmm. eat really good food, like, or eat like comfort food. Like just like give yourself permission to just for the next three days, just kind of let it, it's not over. It's not like, oh, post nope. session. It's you're still in the session. Um, and then one week, three weeks, three months, it kind of like, you know, like you'll, you'll have waves of that integration. Um, definitely reach out to me and we'll be in touch. Yeah. And then and I know, I already know, because I write notes oh, I, as they come. Go. No, I was going to say one more thing. So when I work with people, when I do pelvic, clang, <clears throat> what, <laughs> just write that down. Just clock that one right there. Spank, spank, spank. Done. <laughs> Thanks. Um, when I, I only work with a very limited number of people in person, pelvic floor, intensives that's something that has over the years has become like very that's my like like high-end space and we do three to five days of one-on-one -on -one ceremony where mm -hmm. it's like literally like my body with your body we take a deep thing and then we do months of integration because the work is I, like <clears throat> i talk about it, the research they've done in psychedelics which is like it doesn't yes. matter how awesome your trip is yes or, whatever it's the integration of that trip that is mm -hmm. that really kind of gets you the results that you want and so when i work with people in that way we'll do this deep retreat we'll do that work we'll do rounds and rounds and then it's about really integrating and grounding um that out and then like i said looking at doing these in smaller like small groups or virtual online groups of of people doing this work incrementally so that the dosage isn't that you know it's not this one-on-one -on -one like oh you know but this yeah this group of like doing this like or taking a dose integrating that dose and then come and taking another dose so i'm excited about um heating the call to call that to call that space and provide that space for people i spoke to my naturopathic physician a couple of years ago mm -hmm. a lot a lot shifted between three and four years ago and i told her that i was having issues with orgasm and scar tissue. And she said, I can actually recommend a physical therapist that is a woman that specializes just in that. And I knew that that was the right direction, but the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. I knew that the physical therapist, that was not right. Yep. It needed to be, but once she said that, I was like, oh, there's a whole world and that will be my direction at some point. So I kept that in my back pocket, like, ah, the physical therapy for physically your body just mm -hmm. the pelvic mm -hmm. region right and this is the kind of thing that could work for you now in a different place like i went and got physical physical therapy but i would literally like bring my own crystals i would say my opening yeah. prayers i would do my i i would bring the temple to that space and right. i had a practitioner who let me lead that 
and her approach was very follow the body, not push the body. Yeah, yeah. So there's a way of like, you know, you can work with holistic pelvic care providers, which I highly recommend that are great. And if you're like insurance covers PT and you can like go and do a series and do a thing, having the the wherewithal, the knowledge to walk in and say, this is a sacred practice that I'm holding sacred for myself. And like, I appreciate your manual therapy. That's helpful. Um, yeah. But there's like, there's so many ways to... Um, kind of find our way through that and navigate that, especially in terms of just some of that, um, especially like this, we'll do the work, do the energetic shift. And then it's like, it's sometimes useful to just have a, have a hand, literally have a hand in there. It's like I said, doing that work on yourself and making that point of contact can be really useful or shifting those patterns. So thank you. Blessings. I want to give thanks to my ancestors, the spirits of the land, your ancestors, spirit guides, kind of the great mystery. May this integrate well in you. May this bring more peace and wholeness Mm. and experience of well-being, a sense of trueness in yourself, uh, spaciousness and an enjoyment of your body and your life. And um, may all you listening, may you be just blessed and nourished by our time together. I hope something in you was honored, reflected and lifted in your being. And that's it. I feel great. I'm grateful. Me too. Thank you. All right.